Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? This is Doc Winter from iHeartMedia. Check me out on the Bootleg Kev Show. That's not the plan. (laughs) All right, man. Bootleg Kev Podcast special guest in here. Mr. Doc Winter is here. What's up? So, Doc, for people who don't know, what's your title? I'm the president of Hip Hop and R&B Programming Strategy for iHeart and program director of Real 92.3 at you. Real 92.3. Yeah. I click up on the mic a little bit, Doc. Oh, on the a mic? A little bit on the mic. We got to start over or are we good? No, you're uh, good. You're good. Okay. Um, right, cool. So, uh, big title. Yep. You've made plenty of... Uh, of like the Source Power 30 list, and you've, I mean, you're, you're a very, very important guy in the music industry. I got to thank you because you've given me opportunity after opportunity. Yep. Um, when we launched Real, um, I got a bunch of audition tapes. Yeah. To this day, yours was still the best. Yeah, that was like late 2014, I might have sent that. I was in uh, Tampa. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015. And Wack 100 called me at a dinner with you and was like, I'm with Doc Winter right now. I'm telling him about you. I was like, <laughs> What'd you say? Did you do like a video drop? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, yeah. at that point in time, I called a bunch of uh, rappers and I was like, I need you guys all to do a drop that says bring Bootleg Kev to LA. Yeah, that no, was good, man. It was and it very, worked, very good. but yeah. I was under contract. But yeah. it ended up working out anyway. So um, that's some real shit, though, when you think your man's going to let you out your contract. I know when I asked I tried to do it the right way I was yeah. like guys it's my dream job please and yeah. it, I think it all worked out you know for the best the timing was right yeah. for sure yeah. Um, yeah. for like I, you would originally went to school for computers right computer programming what city yeah. are you originally from doc originally from Brooklyn so you're a New Brooklyn, York guy and then you know Queens play ball went to college in Connecticut um, was a computer programmer um, my homie worked at the college radio station. I sit in with him sometimes. And then uh, one, um, one spring break, he asked me to fill in for him. And, and you know, you the, 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 the assumption was always that you're from New York, so you can mix. You, right. do, I, you know, I was a Catholic school basketball player. Um, but I always, I always fuck with the radio, loved radio. 
love Frankie Crocker, BLS, all that New York shit. Yeah. And so when I sat in for that day, I prepped my show. I cracked the mic. And I don't know if you had that experience, but when I cracked that mic the first time, I was like, wow. Yeah. This is crazy. And um, it was a college radio station that was one of those towns where the where the commercial station was on during the daytime, but the college station was on at night. So mm. some people did both. And um, this this chick named Jackie Allen, never forget her. Her brother worked actually at Kiss FM in New York at the time. And she's like, yo, like, I don't know who you are, but you should do this. So um, so you went from the college that you, <clears throat> did you finish getting your degree? Yeah, I was a computer. I started working as a computer programmer and worked at the college station at the same time. And then I got a job at a commercial station. What was your first commercial gig? It was uh, New 98 FM in Willimantic, Connecticut. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was... What market number is that? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> All I know is I, I, would, I was a computer programmer, so I was, I was making a little money. And so you know, I think I started out part-time, then I went to full-time, and um, like it, it, it was tight then, man. So I, I remember one day going in with my, um, my dinner before I was about to go on air, put my Big Mac down, went to the bathroom to wash my hands, came back, somebody had taken a bite. Out of my shit, yeah. Cause Jesus, it was it tight, was tight it was like tight that. Like that, it was tight like. What were that. you? Do you remember what you were making an hour? I was, I think I was making twenty something as a computer programmer. So right. I'm great making, money back. I'm then. making more than the program director at the radio station, which was, which was an issue. Of course, it's actually a, an interesting story. Like he basically hired me to fill in overnights a weekend that he was going to be gone. Back then, it was no, you know, you had to have somebody in a building. Right, at all times. And um, I'm thinking I'm auditioning. He's in another part of the country, but his wife was listening. And she was like, yo, like, you need to hire this dude. She, she, she ended up telling me the story like a couple of years later. She Crazy. Like, he wasn't even listening to you. And I told him, like, yo, you need to hire that dude. So, um, but it, it might have been, it might have been five bucks an hour at the time. So you go from <clears throat> doing that. What would you say was your first like significant break that made you kind of be like, I can leave the pro- programming job aside and really pursue the radio thing? So from uh, New 98 in Willimantic, I went to WNHC in New Haven, which was like a AM, a 24-hour radio okay. station. And I was doing uh, overnights there. I was working for Jazzy Jordan. I was doing part-time. And um, my boy, uh, Bobby... Uh, was doing mornings. He was going on vacation, and she asked me to fill in. I was actually getting ready to go on vacation. One of those things that radio people do, and, mm-hmm. and she, you know, sometimes it takes a minute for the things to kick in. Right. And I was like, oh, I need to cancel this vacation and do mornings. So I've done that before. I, I canceled my vacation. I did mornings for a week, and then um, at the end of the week, Friday, she called me in the office, and she was like, "Yo, how would you like to do it full time?" And I was like, "Yo, Bobby's my guy. That's my homie." Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's business. You want it or not? And I was like, wow. Wow, seriously? And um, I, was able to, to, you know, I was able to talk to him before things went down, let him know, like, give him obviously, no malice. And later on, once I got this position, I was able to give him an opportunity. But So I ended up, I started doing uh, mornings there, um, worked there for a while. Then I, I wanted to see what it was going to be like to work at Top 40 Radio because, you know, it was a different thing. Yeah. Um, um, black radio locally versus top 40 radio. Um, so I went and I did top 40 for about a year. That's how I got into the company. 
I was the black guy on a top 40 station. What shift was I doing? Nice. <laughs> Overnights. Overnights. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Overnights and, and, and having the, the, the white girls roll up on you at the promotions like mad when they find out you're G-Black. It was, it was actually pretty hilarious. So uh, that's when I end up making the trend, you know, like I, I, I got to let go. You know, my parents are Jamaican. That was for Clearwater or Clear, Clear Channel? Jesus, at the time, it, at the time, it was um, it was J-Core. Okay. But it was actually Noble Broadcast Group, and then J-Core bought us. Then we later on became Clear Channel. But, you know, my parents were lit, man. They were like, yo, we went to school to be a computer programmer. Like, what are you doing? They weren't too happy. Oh, not at all. Like, well, you know, Jamaicans, like, we don't do like, we're like, everybody in my family, I got doctors, lawyers, judges. Mm. Like, you know, our, our family, like they had a plan. We came over here, you get educated, you get a job. And so that was contrary to the plan. But I, you know, like I told my pops, like, yo, dad, I think I can be really good at this. Yeah. And um, so um, once I got the, this job, <laughs> 10 years later, he was good. <laughs> you know, he was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was good. He was good with it after that. But initially he was a little tight about it. Yeah. Um, you've been a part of like, obviously some pretty historical stuff in radio. Mm-hmm. Um you pretty much you did sign. I mean, you signed on Real ninety two three in L A, which yeah. was a very crazy thing to do at the time because there is a heritage station here that yeah. nobody would ever really think to fuck with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you were very instrumental in uh, the Breakfast Club, right? I launched. I launched Power one hundred five one. So you launched Power one hundred five one. At the time when you launched it, it was Ed Lover in the morning. Yep, Ed and uh, Dr. Dre, the other Dr. Dre. Yep, the other one. And then um, we went through a couple of iterations of morning shows. Um, I think we uh, Tigger was doing mornings at one time. Then we had, um, I think before that, it might have been uh, Star and Buck Wild. Yeah. How was that? Was, what were those calls like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell everybody all the time, man, like, like he and I had a great relationship, man. I, like, there was never any malice between us. He gave people a hard time, but like me and him were good, man. Yeah. Like, I remember he and I having a conversation one time about how many times he was going to use the N-word on his show. Because at this time, he was doing it like every two seconds. Did you say like, hey, you got five <laughs> No, we. I, I, I vaguely remember the conversation, but I remember him negotiating it down to 25. 25 times a show? 25 times uh, an hour. An hour a show. It was. It was. It was. I, Which it, is kind of crazy to because yeah. technically you can say it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Technically yeah, you yeah. can. But it wasn't an advertiser-friendly term for to sure. Use it, you might imagine. And so I remember. It's bad for business to use that. Yeah. I remember we, he and I settled on that, and then um, you know, it progressively got went back up to forty, and then you know, then those things um, ended crazy. I don't ever want to take credit for. The Breakfast Club hired because it was actually Cadillac Jack. Mm-hmm. I remember him calling me and telling me I knew who Charlemagne was. I knew who Envy was because of what happened with Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was aware who Angela was. And um, at the time the show started, it was the very beginning of PPM um, measurement. Yep. Early PPM, yeah. Early PPM measurement. There were a lot of misconceptions about PPM measurement. And the biggest one was that you should know if a show is a hit within weeks also for people who don't know what ppm is it's the it's a meter that tells radio stations their ratings exactly it's, a, it's an imperfect system and before that it used to be a diary so you would get a diary and you would write, you would write down what you thought you listened to versus what, what you, you actually, actually listen to. to much easier way to program yeah, absolutely <laughs> much easier way so um so the show started um you know remember cadillac and i talking about it i, I thought um it was a great idea um, but it, it didn't hit as quickly as 
um, people thought. And we had done something similar in Chicago with a morning show. And I remember that morning show took a minute. So um, after a few months when it didn't hit, uh, I was called in for a meeting in New York. And there was actually a thought of maybe doing something different. And um, I remember... After a few months? After a few months, yeah, okay. because that was the misconception at the yeah. time. But I, but there was a chemistry between the three that was like nothing I'd ever seen. Right. And um, I remember being in a room with them, just kind of like, you know, just we just talking and just like, man, like if we could ever, if this gets on the radio and we give it time and we promote it, it's going to be crazy. I had no idea it would be what it became, but yeah. It's I know you fielded calls for stuff I've said before. At least I know AOS <laughs> yeah, about artists. Yeah, yeah. Ha- have you ever had to deal with blowback for like early Charlemagne stuff, where they're like, "Yo," <laughs> and I know you know before real, you were you obviously based in Jacksonville, but yeah. like you're the f- I feel like you're kind of the face of like yeah. the, who the industry talks to when it comes to iHeart shit on the hip hop side. Yeah. You are that yeah. literally. Yeah. So was there ever any like? Always, always, always. Um, especially at the very early, there are different iterations of Charlemagne. Yeah. I think early on, he was he, he was, was raw, he was raw. <laughs> and so um, I get those complaints. Obviously, back in the day before uh, Charlemagne's star, it was it was routine, man. Like NAACP would want me to come. I'm like, I'm not coming to meetings. Like, nah, man. Like, like if you took the show locally. I would always tell them, like, you, you took the show, you know what you got, like, you got to handle it. Like, I'm not flying across the country and meeting with the, you know, United Negro College Fund, NAACP, every city because of Every city that, that, that was affiliated, they affiliated with the show. with the show because they were hot, you know. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there were, there were, there were complaints. I mean, it's, it's part of the culture. I just, I'm just wondering if, like, you know, you look at your phone and, like, it says Diddy's calling, right? And then Diddy's like, yo... Yo, Doc, what's <laughs> yeah, this is happens. fucking. Cr- By the way, that's just the name. I'm yeah, just, yeah. You know. I mean, it still happens to this yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, I think um, some people think that that's what we do. We we set them up for the, um, you know, to get the clip on on social media, which I don't think you guys intentionally do. I think nah. it just happens sometimes. But, yeah, but yeah, I get them a lot. Do you feel like? Because I do. I I I don't think um, artists at least even five, ten years back, appreciate the radio promo run like they used to. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of these younger guys didn't necessarily break on radio and or understand the importance of radio. Or do you notice that in terms of, like, certain artists maybe not wanting to do, you know, come to the station or do a radio run or do, like, a promo show, shit like that? Not a lot, but some. Yeah. Um, again, just not... Well educated, I think they've fallen into the fantasy of streaming, which, you know, I don't necessarily buy it. Buy it all that it's legitimate. Uh, I think if you want to be a household name, though, you want to be on the radio. Yeah, that's that's. I always tell everybody. I say, look, you have a career. You could be big. You get, but if you want a number one record, gotta if you want to be a superstar, got to be on the radio. Radio, it's yeah. in, it, it has to be. Especially markets like L.A., where people are always in the car. Right. Like you know and. You know, people always talk about, you know, radio's ability to survive, man. Like, the best talent in the world is on the radio. Like, you know, you could you could, you could, could put on a playlist, but I'd rather hear you and James talk about something and then play my favorite record, or you and Big, or, right. or, or, or Breakfast Club, or we just have a lot of great talent in our stable, and, you know, I think they're, they're going to take us into the next That's what I was going to say. Yeah. In terms of, like, 
obviously radio as an industry is like shrinking in terms of like the amount of bodies that are around like yeah. like even like on the record side you know yeah. people are getting let go it's it just it feels like yeah. more and more the um, if you think of like the UK and they have BBC mm-hmm. do you feel like eventually they'll be like so I don't think there'll ever be like a BBC type situation in the US. I just think there's too many companies involved. Yeah. But do you feel like eventually there'll there'll be something similar where it's like this is the morning show for the US. This is the you know what I mean? Like do you feel like it's going to get there or no? I don't think so because I think I I think big makes sense for LA. Right. I think didn't make sense for New York. He was on Hot 97 no, for a little bit. No. Yeah. And I probably never told him this story, but I remember my boss calling me and saying, hey, should should we do this? And and I'd met Big, loved him. And I think, you know, growing up in New York City, I was like, no, nah, it's, it's a different vibe. You know, it's a 100%. Totally, there's cities, it's, there's yeah. cities that are like that. Yeah. Like, he's one of the funniest, most talented people I've ever met. For sure. And, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. But New York is just a different animal. It's, it's, and it's New Yorkers, a, are they yeah, want to hear New Yorkers yeah, on the radio. They yeah, want to know you're there. Yeah, they want to know, yeah. yeah. And you got to have a little, you know, it's, it could be a little nasty at times, mm-hmm. you know, and that's their expectation. And they deserve to get what it is that they want, you know, just like you should in Atlanta, you should, you should in D.C. I was going to say, what are some of those other yeah. cities that you're like, this, this, you know, this kind of needs. Yeah, Memphis is different. Memphis is definitely different. New Orleans different. is different. Yeah. Jacksonville, Duval is different. Tampa was like was like that. Yeah. I remember being yeah. in Tampa and being like, I can't imagine. Like even the morning show who was on the top forty station was iHeart Station. What's the top forty guy who was over there forever? Oh, uh, Bubba. No, 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 no. The top the iHeart top forty guy was based in DC, but he streamed in Tampa. Kane. Oh, Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how can you talk about how can you talk about Tampa radio and not talk about Bubba, Bubba the Love, Love Sponge, Sponge man? <laughs> Yo, psycho. <laughs> Shout out to him. Yo, so, shout out to him. I, he actually worked for me for about about a month. What station was it? When I got to Jacksonville. Okay. He was on Sunday nights. Oh, wild guy, wild show. Dude, like I, one of my favorite stories to tell about radio involved him. So he was on, when I got to Jacksonville, I, only, I was only programming WSOL initially. That's the Urban AC. Right. And my boy Paco Lopez was programming uh, The Beat. I remember one of our first meetings with our boss at the time was Kevin Matheny. Kevin was the power, not the power, but Kevin was Howard Stern's boss. Oh, if you shit. ever saw the movie WNBC, that teaching guy. him how, yeah, pig, pig vomit. P- pig vomit, or, yeah, yeah, was his yep, name, yep. right? So Kevin was my first boss when I got right. to Jacksonville. And um, so Paco and Kevin and I are having our first staff meeting when I get to Jacksonville. And so Paco uh, is complaining about Bubba, you know, following directions, doing whatever. And, you know, I mean, that was Bubba. Mm. And so I remember uh, we're, in the, we're in the room and Kevin, God rest his soul, like, you know, I remember him telling, to go get, telling Paco to go get um, Bubba's phone number and, he, and he, threw some, he threw something at him, told him, you know, get out right. and go get his number. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> so I remember while we're waiting for Paco to come, I was like, man, Kev, like... Dude, um, did I ever tell you I'm from Brooklyn? Right. And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, because honestly, like that pen that shit come, don't fly. It's coming right back at yeah. you, right? And I remember he just turned bright red. I said, no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I was like, I'm just wired differently. Yeah. Like, like that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. I remember him looking at me, turning bright red, and we were good after that. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> but, you know, it was like, that was my first time really like seeing that kind of management style. 
And Some like old like, school radio shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just, that's not gonna work for me. Though. I just heard like back in the day, man. Like I would always like guys like uh, would, I wouldn't even say their names, but just I heard like way way back, probably even rock radio days. Like you used to be able to like get your record on if you dropped off like a, a eight ball of cocaine. You're like <laughs> some of these like rock PDs in the seventies, you know? Yo, like, man, it, it was a it was a different. It was a different environment because um, when I got to, when I later became the PD of JBT and SOL, you got to remember SOL is on the urban adult panel right. and JBT at the time was on the rhythmic panel, not the urban panel. Yo, what up? It's Bootleg Kev. We got to stop the interview to tell you about our folks at MyBookie. That's right. So many ways you can gamble with MyBookie right now, man. Of course, you got NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. They're set. I love Celtics versus Lakers. In the finals, all right? You can sign up at mybookie.ag right now using that promo code BOOTLEG and get a very generous first deposit bonus. That's right. And they just got the craziest, like, revamp of the online casino. It's like a Las Vegas experience. If you play cards, blackjack, roulette, uh, you shoot dice, whatever it is, they have, like, live dealers handling it for you wherever you're at. You could be at the airport and be playing fucking roulette on your phone. It's amazing. Mybookie.ag. Sign up with that promo code bootleg. Right now, you can bet on sports. You could do slots. You could do blackjack, uh, craps, whatever you're into. Mybookie.ag. Promo code bootleg for that first deposit bonus, and it is a generous one. Also got to give a shout-out to our family at... King Palms. Shout out to King Palm, man. If y'all ain't know about King Palms, they're our new sponsor on the Bootleg Kept Podcast. And they got such a great product. The best thing about King Palms is it's all organic, man. No tobacco in these wraps. They're straight leafs. And the best thing uh, about them is they got this uh, product. They're flavor terpene tips. All right? You stuff them with your, with your product. Do we got one here? Oh, we do got one here. We got one right here. We got one right here. All right? You stuff this with your uh, premium cannabis from Hardy in Las Vegas. All right. You smoke up, pinch that tip. You're going to get a burst of flavor. Yeah, this is the energy drink flavor. We got peach pineapple. We got watermelon wave. Also, don't forget the goddamn blue grapes. You know what I mean? And also, this is a tobacco-free wrap. It's totally organic. It's literally a leaf. Let me show you what I mean. That is just a big-ass leaf, guys. All right. So what you could do is go to kingpalm.com. Weeds flying everywhere kingpalm.com promo code bootleg and uh, you can get 50% off of whatever you order at kingpalm.com and don't forget to check them out because they're everywhere your local smoke shop your local uh, liquor store 7-eleven smoke the king palm all right it's organic it ain't like all that other bullshit y'all be fucking stuffing in your lungs man all right shout out to king palm kingpalm.com promo code bootleg right now and it's actually promo code bootleg kev promo code bootleg kev not bootleg Bootleg Kev, kingpalm.com, half off everything. Let's get back to the interview. It's on the urban panel, of course. Yes, and JBT is on the rhythmic panel. So I, I'd come from St. Louis at KMJM, so I knew every, you know, all the, all the urban people. Of course. So now I have this whole slew of people that I don't know, most of whom are white. And you talking about the record reps? Record and all reps, that? Yeah. yeah. And it's a totally different vibe. Right. Like I, I, I was. I remember Hitman Hayes, who's in... Um, he's in San Diego. San Diego now, yeah. was my music director at the time. I remember walking to his office one time to ask him, and, and he's on speaker, and some dude is just like yelling at him, like, oh, you bitch ass, blah, 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 blah. It was like, a record rep? Yeah, and I was like, so I was like, mute, dude. I was like, yo, who, who is that? And it was, it was a record guy. Oh. I said, and he's talking to you like that? He said, yeah. I was like, hang up on him. 
He said, what do you mean? I said, hang up on him. You got it, yeah. So I just hung up on him. I said, man, like, I, I don't ever want to hear you letting somebody talk to you like that again. I'll fire you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know, our, our relationship was great at that. I mean, he still works in the company. Hayes was, is great. But it was just so different to see how, you the know, reps the, were. the reps were different. And, you know, it, it was great for me because I had an opportunity to meet all of those people. And mm-hmm. I've had relation, longstanding relationships with people on both sides of right. the, the equation. But even, Yeah, even me, like when I got hired at Real, technically, yeah. it was the first urban, urban I ever worked at. Ever worked so at. obviously... Worked at tons of hip hop stations, but yeah. there's hip hop stations on the rhythm panel. Yeah. yeah. So coming to Rio, yeah. I'm beating all these record reps. I, you know, I had before I never had a relationship yeah. with a guy like Dwight or you know guys yeah, exactly. like that. And it's exactly. like, oh shit, there's it's like a whole new group of guys. And, and we meet. should probably explain the whole idea between rhythmic and urban. Correct. So for people who don't crazy. know, yeah, Hot 97 is a hip hop station, but it's on the rhythm panel. Yeah. So there's a rhythmic chart. Yep. And there's, uh, I believe, around 60 stations that report to it. Probably. Give right. or take, yep. right? Yeah. So Power 106 in LA that we're smoking in the ratings, uh, Hot 97 in New York, those are hip hop stations that are on the rhythmic panel. Got it. On the urban panel, yep. there's a ton of stations on the urban panel, a lot more stations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, typically. But, th- but there's a story behind that, too. Yeah, what is that story? The story behind that is, let, let's just keep it real. Rhythmic stations play predominantly. Black, Black artists, hip hop, one hundred percent. Most of the jocks are white. Most, mi- most of the program directors are white, and, and then, out of touch and weird and <laughs> cringy as fuck. I'm not, I'm not trying. To, I'm just. I'm trying to just. No, you're it's right. Just the facts. Listen. And so, then on the urban panel. Most of the majority people, black. Are, most of the talents black. And most of the programmers most are black. Most director, directors are black, and on the record side, most of those people are, are people of color. So, here I am. Uh, I started overseeing the urbans for the company in two thousand. And around 2003 was the first time we decided to launch Power in New York and working with Steve Smith, Tom Pullman, who's still my boss. That's crazy. Steve Smith helped launch that station? Yeah. And he launched Hot 97? That was my guy. R.I.P. God rest his soul, yeah. And so then the conversation comes up and they're like, okay, so yeah, we're going to put it on the uh, rhythmic panel. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Not me. Yeah. I'm the head of Urban. Yeah. Black dude, New York City, this is my city. I'm not putting a hip-hop station on and putting it on the rhythmic panel. And they just, it, the conversation was literally about two seconds. And that's one of the things about I loved about Tom mm-hmm. to this day. Great guy. At the time, you're like, you're right, it should be. And so then fast forward 15 years later, we get ready to launch Real. Same thing? Two-second conversation. Nope, I don't do that. Like, So they, would, they wanted you to run it at, on the rhythm panel? Yeah. Oh wow! But that—that's jobs, man. You know, we create jobs when we put an urban on in no, New for York, sure. and Power is still an urban. We created jobs when we put um, Real on in LA. Yeah. Same thing in Houston with the Beat. Same thing in Miami with mm-hmm. the Beat. Same thing. Um, but one of those things I know for me personally was important for me to do, and it was important that our company supported us because I was like, like that's crazy. Like why would why would we do that? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I always didn't understand the. This is like kind of getting into some inside baseball, but I never yeah. really understood the lack of urbans on the West Coast in general. Yeah. Like I think of a station like KMEL, right? KMEL yeah. is an urban station, but it's not. Yeah. It's on the rhythm panel. Yeah, you know. But it's like that's a. It's like is that the? I think that might be the first hip hop station, KMEL, on the West Coast. I think it was the first. 
It might have been. I think so. I, I'd have to do my But it's just, it, but, but yeah, yeah it's, it's some real radio nerd shit, but yeah. it's definitely like, if you're an artist, right, and like, maybe you are, because a lot of up and coming artists watch the podcast, like, you're, you got to kind of make a decision if you have a record and you have a budget, yeah. which chart you're going to chase, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I want to go to the rhythmic side, I want to go on the urban side, I want to go on the top 40 side. Yeah. And then you make a decision from there. Yeah. It's it's actually crazy because when, if you looked at our playlist for real in L.A., we have rhythmic sensibilities. For right? sure. There's and, Bad Bunny yeah. getting played. Absolutely. Steve Lacey Absolutely. got played. Yeah. You know, for yeah. sure. And it's a function of our audience. 100%. You know, our audience here is predominantly Latino mm-hmm. with some African Americans. Then, you, you know, you go to Atlanta, it's totally different. You go to L.A., I mean, you go to New York, it's totally, totally different. different yeah. And, you know, usually the playlist is a function of the diet that that audience was fed upon. We're here in here in L.A. The diet was more rhythmic, right? And so, as you put a station on here in L.A., gradually, like when I launched it, we launched it like it was an urban station, mm-hmm. but gradually it's begun to take on. It's like its own thing. Yeah, yeah, its own thing because of the feedback from the audience. You know, so. I was gonna say, like, obviously, you've been a part of launching two. St- Two the I mean market one and two talking about power one oh five one real ninety two three mm-hmm. each against the biggest heritage hip hop stations in the country. Yep. Yep. It I mean, what were some of the bumps and bruises for each city? Because obviously it took you a few morning shows to land on the Breakfast Club. Yeah. It helps if you're in LA and you launch with Big Boy. Absolutely. Um what were some of the bumps and bruises where you kind of had to like because again, like there's no rules for each city. You got to kind of like learn on the fly. I'm sure yeah. for each station that yeah. you that you launch because you've launched so many. Power was power was different in that, you know. I was again. I I was like two three years into the job, but I mean my team respected me. But I also was the only black person and the only New Yorker right that was involved in the equation. So sometimes you just gotta. You got to muscle your way in and like, no, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way because we're all type A personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once we launched, um, my mindset was I was going to bring different people in from different radio stations that I oversaw to put them on the air. Mm. Hindsight, that was a mistake. Okay. I think it's got to be people from that city Yeah. to, to make it work. Because it's it's a local, or at least ra- predominantly, right? predominantly, absolutely, right. it's a local radio station. Right. So it should be people who live and breathe and eat and sound like that city. Um, and I think I made the mistake then, and, and that's not casting shade on anybody there, right? But I think in the best interest of the radio station, and I think I learned that here in LA, like you, you know, people got to be from here. They got to be able to talk and sound and you know and and speak the language of the city. Um, launching with Big was obviously a, a, it's like a cheat code, a huge advantage for us. We wouldn't have done it if we didn't. So yeah, um, I, I think that people don't understand there would not be a real ninety two three if iHeart hadn't have nabbed no, Big Boy. No. It, it wouldn't have been worth going against him. No, and I, I didn't think we were going to do it. Honestly, I remember when it, we first, when Tom first reached out and said, "Hey, you know, I think this could be the play." And this was like in twenty fourteen. I think I had met Big in maybe two thousand eight mm-hmm. when we were considering uh, syndication. Uh, with him and I come out to LA and one of the things I knew about him is he was incredibly loyal super loyal like, guy great guy incredibly loyal I'm like unless they really really messed up he's not leaving and um, I never forget I was in it was late December 
might have been the first week or two in January 2015. I'm in New York in a meeting with 50 Cent. Get a text on my phone like, yo, we ready to go. Got it done. I got to get on the phone. I got to negotiate my new contract with my boss. Did that in like five minutes. And then, well, because at that point in time, you're realizing you're moving to L.A. Yeah. Had to let my lady know. By the way, I um, think we're going to be moving to L.A. She's like, let's go. <laughs> you know, and I had to excuse myself in that meeting with 50. I'm like, yo, I got to get on the plane and go to L.A. tomorrow. Go find a place to live and get ready to launch a radio station. Then my next call was to A.O., who... I had just made the PD in Miami. Miami yeah. Hey, I know you really, really like Miami. Oh, he really likes popping. Miami. <laughs> yeah. It's legendary, Yo, right? Me and him had an all-nighter with hey, AO. Don't ever, don't ever hang out with AO. Uh, he'll kill you. Um, I was like, hey, man, why don't, we, uh, why don't you come with me to LA? Let's do this. And he was like, oh, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my God, man. No, it's crazy because, um, like you said, like, it was like a very last, from what I understand, the whole, well, first of all, there was like a lawsuit, right, with, with involving big leaving, right? Yeah. So I remember you telling me like, hey, man, we're in the middle of this legal shit with big boy. So if you're, if you got to, you got to get out of your deal. Yeah. They have to let you out. We yeah. can't like. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't. Because I was like, dude, I could just I quit and then that. pop up in LA. Yeah. You're like, no, not yeah. this. He's like, this yeah. big shit wasn't happening, maybe. But and, and big wasn't big wasn't the only one. There were there were a couple people that I had um, I had interviewed who I wanted to bring on a team who were working in television, right? And they were of the mindset, oh yeah, it's, it's a both. different medium. I can do both. Right. And I'd be like, no, you got to get approval. Yeah. Like, no, no, they're good. I already spoken to them about it. Nah. And just like you, when they went, hell no, nah. Not doing it, and they were they were blown away, and I'm like, there's nothing we can do about it. But yeah. I know for me moving forward, it, it was never again. Because in s- some instances, and I know in, in in one deal in particular, I actually said, okay, let's put the deal in front of you, mm-hmm. and then you can take it to your boss, as opposed to you getting permission first. And their boss said, no. Yeah, I had happen. a meeting with uh, some redneck guy from Beasley and Orlando. Love Orlando because he he was like mm-hmm. I'm I told him yes yeah, yeah. he's like but we got to go sit with I think it <laughs> I forget that you know those Beasleys are from like Augusta Georgia or some shit yeah and the guy was like you know you're gonna regret this yeah. I gotta say you're number one right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't just let you go We're tired of I heart poaching our talent yeah yeah so it didn't work out but um, it's crazy Doc because you're in a position where you can really press the button on changing someone's trajectory of their career. Yeah. And I know you don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that artists are very emotional. Mm-hmm. They're very emotional when it comes to their art. Yeah. And I've heard you just tell people this ain't it. This is yeah. not a, I remember we had a random, I don't know if Fetty Wap was there, somebody from 300 was there, when Fetty Wap kept just putting up duds. And I remember, <laughs> shout out to Fetty Wap. He just got sentenced to six years in prison. Free Fetty Wap. Um, but I've seen you like, just you're a very blunt guy when it comes to telling people about their records. Like, how hard is it to be, like, I'm, I know, I, mean, I don't want to spill any names or anything, but you've had situations where artists have gotten really emotional with you. Yeah. Top tier, biggest artists in the world. Yeah. Pulled out of certain situations for iHeart over just dumb shit, but like, for you, how do you like? I guess tiptoe that line where you're, you're, you know, you you could be friendly with somebody, you could look out for somebody, yeah. but you know, you're not going to just 
yo, your record's getting added on all these iHeart stations just because you, you're so-and-so. It, it, it's, it's honestly sad in some respects because it is the nature of our format. There are formats like country where like, they love their people from 18 to, to 75, and they're going to play the record. And country artists and country radio artists, like world. Absolutely, it's but it's a, it's a function of that. Right. It just happens not to be true about our format. Our format is 18 to 34 targeted, and when you turn 35, you go someplace, you know, you leave. Mm-hmm. And then that 17-year-old turns 18, and they come in, and they have specific taste, interest, and... Sometimes you'll get a you know you'll get a legacy artist who's done the damn thing for twenty five years and one day it's over mm-hmm. and you have to tell them and they don't appreciate it because they feel like yo like and, and I get it yeah. I I totally get it it's just it's just a nature and and every once in a while they'll 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 put one in that will work but it's it's not. It's it's the exception, not the rule. It's the exception. Not Everyone's always one hit away. Yeah. yeah. Especially with TikTok. Do you have like a blacklist of artists who've just it's like fuck you. Like like you've done A, a B, and C to me, the bridge is burnt. <laughs> first of all I'm I, not saying I, you're gonna tell me who's on the list, no, but is there no, a no. list? For, uh, first of all, I, I I don't really have that mm-hmm. because I'm I don't put that out. I, I have really good relationships. I've had three really bad experiences. Really? Three. Three. That's not in, bad. In 35 years, I've had three. Wow. Um, one is an artist who will remain nameless, but he was at that particular part of his career. I was in New York at a party having a conversation and a drink with a very nice young lady, and label came over and said, hey, so-and-so's oh, here. so-and-so wants to say what's up to you. So... I get up, I, I walk over to where, where they're standing, and I'm immediately taken back because of the stature of the individual. It was really, 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 really short. And I didn't expect, I, I knew, <laughs> but I didn't know, you know? Right. And, you know, there were some heels that were really, and I was like, wow. And then he just started going in. Um, there was a, a another misconception that there was some national playlist that I presided over and that his music wasn't on it and he felt like I was the one. And I'm like, dude, like you're wrong. There is no such list. It's just your time has come and gone. Like yeah. you, not well, yeah. It's a, like it's a, if it's not a hit, it's not a hit. And, and, the marketplace um, will tell me if I need to play your shit. Yeah, exactly. The market and, will tell me. Yeah. But he was. I mean, he was living, and you know, I, I was looking down and like still like I'm like wow, you little dude. And his bodyguard was standing um, to his right, and his bodyguard was like looking like he just. I'm waiting for you to, to step say over. something wrong. Yeah, or yeah. And, and if you know me, I just kind of like, all right, man, have a good night. Let's turn around, walked away, and he stood there like. I'm like I'm not gonna sit here and have this conversation with you because you don't want to have a conversation. Like you want to, right? You, you have a you have a interesting relationship with Kanye because I remember. <laughs> listen, I remember the names. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I remember because um, I wanted to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. There was one of those rants on the Life of Pablo tour yeah. when Ye was like floating above the crowd, yeah. and in one of the rants, yeah. I believe he was in Sacramento yeah. or San Francisco. He mentioned your name yeah. specifically yeah. in one of these like 30-minute Kanye rants in the middle yeah, of his performance. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously since then you've you know you've seen Kanye you know he's obviously I 
I'm, I'm not talking about since the uh, you know the uh, the current situation he's in. Yeah. But since that specific instance, like, what do you when you wake up in the morning again? You're the most mild mannered, cool dude, and you see Kanye just went on a rant, and mentions my name. What do you like? Do you give a fuck or? No, it doesn't pay my rent. Like, I really didn't give a shit. My mom was excited. My family was excited. You know, I got hit up around the country about it. But, um, I mean, no, I don't even know what led to that. Because at that time, we we actually had a really good relationship. And I would go and listen to his album. Uh, usually would grab Big and go with him listen to Big Boy and go listen to his album. And so, but but maybe I, he wasn't getting the feedback from me at the time because it, 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 it things had started to change mm-hmm. uh from him um in the marketplace but i don't i don't even know what what, what caused the the rant but um but yeah i thought i thought it was funny you know so how long has dj Khaled called you doc winters and not doc winters <laughs> doc winters to the point where I actually thought about changing my name to Doc Winters <laughs> since everybody calls me. It's almost like Joe, everyone used to call Joe Budden Joe Buttons. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's winter. No, I think it's funny, actually. Cal is my guy, man. I love Great him. guy. So, yeah, he's hilarious. Got to stop the interview real quick to tell you about our family at Blue Chew, baby. That's right. It's getting hot outside. You know what that means, fellas? You're about to go get that dick wet. You know what I'm saying? It might as well be really hard. It might as well be as hard as it could possibly be. And with Blue Chew, you will achieve such hardness, all right? (laughs) It's seriously amazing. Uh, And the best part about Blue Chew is you can find out if it works. Don't just take my word for it. They're going to give you a month's supply for free. Go to bluechew.com. Use that promo code bootleg. Get a month's supply for free. Bluechew.com, promo code bootleg. Now, it's the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. Minus the awkward doctor appointment. You do not have to go see some old dude and tell him about your erectile dysfunction issues in person because that's a fucking awkward conversation, bruh. All you got to do is go to bluechew.com right now. Use the promo code bootleg. They're going to get you hooked up with a month of supply for free. You just got to pay $5 in shipping. No awkward doctor's appointments. Same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. Plus, they got the Blue Chew Mint. It's a chewable it's great. Tastes like mint. It's also the same active ingredient as Levitra. So summertime's coming, fellas. You don't want to underperform. Make sure your dick is rocked up, baby. All right? Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. <laughs> hey, man, it works. What do you want from me? It fucking works. Everyone should have a little Blue Chew in case of an emergency. You might have an emergency. You need to pop a blue chew. Chew it. It's a chewable. You know what I mean? Anyway, also got a shout out to our family at Odd Socks. Don't forget, go to oddsocksofficial.com, promo code bootleg, save 20% off. Man, they got the underwear that they just dropped uh, last year that's amazing. So not only do you get the most comfortable socks in the world, but you can also get the most comfortable drawers in the world, all the crazy licenses. They got half-baked socks. They just announced their Hasbro collection which is crazy because that means you're going to get Monopoly socks, Transformer socks, Power Ranger socks, so much shit going with Odd Socks. Plus, they got the Odd Socks Basics, my favorite. This is what I wear every day. I wear the Basics because they're the most comfortable socks I've ever put on my fucking feet. So experience the most comfortable socks in the world with me. Oddsocksofficial.com, promo code bootleg, save 20% off. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. So... Another thing I wanted to talk about, Doc, because I do feel like we are in like a new era of just the music industry. We talked mm-hmm. about streaming. We talked about TikTok. Like, what would be your advice 
I always tell artists when they ask me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I always tell them to worry about radio last. To me, it's like the last peg of like, you know, like if you're an up and I get hit up by guys with 10,000 followers yeah. and they're like, yo, man, I'm from fucking, I'm from the city. Put me on it on real, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. don't worry about me yet. Like, yeah. No, I think know? that's good advice. Yeah. I always say worry. The radio is the last thing to come. Worry about, you know, developing a following, your yeah. fans, you know, getting your shit off the ground, put an album out, something like, yeah. but what would be advice you would give in terms of like. Just an up-and-coming artist and how they should maneuver around getting on the radio. Yeah, I think it's no different from back in the day where I think you have to create a story for yourself. Like back in the day, we would say create something locally. Now we'd probably say create something socially. You know, get yourself a buzz. Um, I think you got to work on your art. Mm -hmm. I think uh, because you never know when it's time to press play and you got to be ready to do business. And I always ask people, like, especially after, like, you know, the first year. So, so how was it? Like, yo. Shit's a grind. Like, yeah, it's not fun. It's like, it's work. It's, it's work. Yeah, it's work. You're getting up doing these morning shows, doing these shows, and you're trying to party, and then you got to get up and do shows. Like, it's like not everybody's built for it, you know. Um, so that's my advice, and then also handle your business. Yeah, um, because you may, you may get two albums. You may, you may not. Um, you should have some licensing, some publishing to. Continue to take care of your family. You may move into a different aspect of the business, but I think you, you got to start looking at it from that perspective because things can change. What about your advice for a, a, a listen? And I tell anybody who asks me that they want to get into the radio industry, for the most part, I say, I don't know, man. It might, it, time might have passed. <laughs> like, so what if somebody's watching this and their aspirations are to do radio? It's, it's obviously. <coughs> By the day, getting tougher and tougher to crack yeah, yeah. because of just the nature of our business, the economics of our business. Um, what would be your advice to an, somebody who wants to get into radio? Man, get yourself a podcast, man. <laughs> get yourself a podcast. Uh, work on your craft if an opportunity presents itself. Um, but, but honestly, man, like there's so few opportunities for really ho to hone your craft. Mm -hmm. um, I think you got to be on the air frequently to do that. Podcast gives you an opportunity to do that. But um, I mean, only the strong are surviving right now. Um, there's some incredibly talented people out like yourself who, who are out of work. Yeah. And then there's some incredibly talented people like yourself who, who have... Um, carved a niche for themselves and, and now they're now they're on more than one radio station right there's a, a lot of people outside of radio trying to take multiple jobs and um i get a lot of those meetings and you know sometimes like sometimes i kind of like throw it back at them like you do realize that what you're asking me to do is take 25 30 people's jobs and give it to you right and they've never ever thought about it that way yeah, like it you're just, affecting yeah, like, real people's livelihood. Like, like honestly, because I, we really don't have to unless you know we needed to. Mm -hmm. But you're asking me basically to take 30 jobs from people and just give it to you because right. you know you may or may not be more talented, but it, it's real, you know. And um, you know, I take that into consideration. It's not something I take lightly. Yeah, because I feel like the days of like uh, being on the street team, then getting a weekend shift. Those days are like slow. It's because I and I talk to a lot of programmers, and they're like, "Yo, just the talent pool is yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of shrinking." And there's a lot of good people out. There's a lot of good radio people. There's not a lot of great radio people. There's not a lot of great radio people, and I think there's a lot of great. If they are great, 
on, on you know from three to seven or t- yeah. ten to three or whatever they're not willing to fully embrace what it means in 2023 to Absolutely. be a radio personality Absolutely. anymore yeah and that's what i tell everybody like any of these young jocks that will reach out to me i'm like you have to this is a full like this is not a four hour a day job oh, man. you gotta be a oh. c- content creator you gotta you know blogging aside blog you know, because I know that's a big, you know, if you work at a radio station, one of the most annoying things is I got to fucking yeah. work. But like you have to be on your social, you have to build, you're, you're a brand builder. Oh, man, one of, the, one of the things that I love about my job, and you know, I, I say this a lot internally, I have like three or four morning shows on my team. Right. I got Big, I got Cruise, I got your show. And um, we spent a lot of time early on, I did anyway, uh, explaining the science of PPM and how I thought it would be the best way for you to garner the the most ratings mm-hmm. or from a technical perspective, how you deliver, when you deliver and stuff like that. But in terms of the content, you guys have all handled that. Yeah. Like you guys do your job. And I, yeah, and no, I one, no one has time. to tell me. Nobody. Hey. Yes. You, it's like. Nor big, nor cruise. Yes. I have to tell you guys, go get content. 99% of the time I'm finding out. Is the occasion where I'll send you or them a text about something. Oh, yeah, I talked about that three days ago. Yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> like, like, you guys are on it, which makes for great radio. But then you have people who don't have the talent that you guys have, don't have the work ethic that want, want a job. I hear, I, like, sometimes I'll talk to, like, you know, some of my OGs in the radio game. And just the way they talk, I'm just like, oh, this is why yeah. you, this is why you're not employed. Yeah, man. Like, you know, they wanted me to TikTok, and I needed to post a certain <laughs> yeah. amount of times a day. And I'm like, listen, yeah, man, man, like, this is the world we live in. Yeah, man. You know, like it just is what it is. And that's the craziest thing, man. I've I've had talent on my team that have complained about stuff like that. And I'd be like, man, like. I don't get this complaint from Big Boy, so you guys big understand. Boy, yeah. It's difficult for me to wash down this complaint from you that you've got to. Now, obviously, he's put himself in a position where he's got a team for sure, for sure, for sure, facilitate some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point in his career, he had to do it on his own as well. So it's difficult for me to swallow the fact that you got you know you three four years into this and you're already complaining about what you want to do. Um, it's kind of crazy. Was there ever an artist, Doc, that you almost convinced t- to be on the radio? An artist? I did convince Keith Sweat to be on the radio. Which he still is. He still is. So that was you? <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Oh, shout out to you. There, there was a time in my career. Because um, you were doing the St. Louis Slow Jam show. I was show. doing the Slow Jam show, and there was a time in my career where I wanted to be the Slow Jam guy on everybody's station. And my boss at the time, Tom Owens, said, he said, okay, that's, that's interesting. He said, you could be that guy or you could be the guy that hires that guy. Which guy do you want to be? And I was like, hmm, mm. I want to be the guy that hires that guy. And as we began to move into that space where we were looking for somebody to take that position, I always thought, I thought of Rob Kelly and mm-hmm. I thought of Keith. Um, Rob was still. By the way, good decision. Yeah, <laughs> Rob is still still more relevant um, lo- uh, at the time right, 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 with, right. with current music. And uh, Keith had actually honestly expressed an interest. It just happened to run into him. And he expressed an interest as I was getting ready to vacate um, the St. Louis job. And we were getting ready to talk about who was going to be that person. And um, it worked it out. It just, just worked out perfectly. Because yeah. he's, how long has that show been happening? 
man, it's been he's been on it almost twenty years, man. That shit's crazy. Yeah, and doing well. Anybody that you tried to convince, but it didn't, maybe just for whatever. Re- I've heard some wild names about like, I mean, you know, we. I've heard some names, not that necessarily you were involved with, but. Um, I had a comedian one time who I thought was hilarious that I really thought could do it. And um, he was supposed to meet me in a market. I think it was Philadelphia. He was supposed to meet me in. Kevin Hart? No. Oh. <laughs> and we were supposed to do, we were supposed to create an audition tape for him mm-hmm. so that I could submit it to uh, our syndication company and talk about it. And uh, when the day came, he never showed up. And no showed. No showed. And let's let's say this was let's say this was 2009. 2019. I'm coming into our station here in Burbank, walking walk right into him he in a lobby. Do an interview. Doing an interview with Big and um didn't remember him. I said, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, Doc from iHeart, you and I Talked one time about syndication, and you know, you no no showed me, and you never showed. He's like me, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, what's your name again? And I was just like, are you serious right now? And then you know, we exchanged numbers, and then he hit me up later. He's like, man, I I I apologize if you know that ever happened. He's like, I was doing a lot of wild shit at that time. Could have just slipped my mind. I was like, okay, cool. Well, what about now? I was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm like, nah, I'm good. We I don't think we ought to. Go back down that road again. I was going to say, nice. like, for you, um, you obviously, you're friends with a guy like Nick, right? Nick ends up doing mornings for a short period of time across the street. He was also on Moving to New York, which I'm sure was against iHeart yeah. at a certain point in time. But, yeah. um, like, what is it like to compete against friends? Um, I've had blunt conversations with Nick about, you know, about radio. I, I think he's a phenomenal television host and everything. I just and and as an artist as well as an artist, I've had conversations with him too. Um, it's business, man. You know, because I'm, I'm sure throughout your career that's happened it's numerous. Ha- it's, times. Ha- it's happened a few. It's happened a few times. Um, and people have different. Like Nick's a, a great guy. He's you a know, gentleman. Always, always cool. And you know, we had conversations before and after. And um, you know, I, I just always thought it was going to be a tall order. To go up against Big, Big is a you know a in L.A. Player. and be Nick Cannon, who's obviously got a million other things on your plate, yeah. and you're not going to be able to give the full bandwidth to the show that it probably would need yeah. if you had a chance. Yeah, um, Nick, Nick is just so talented, man. It's it's crazy, but you know it. It, it they went on. It it, um, it did what it did, but I, you know again, it was hard to encroach into Big space. I like what he's doing now on Amp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. What was the biggest record you were just wrong about that you would you just didn't like it or you didn't you didn't think it was a hit but it ended up being crazy? Biggest record I was wrong about. I don't miss too many records, honestly. Really? No, I don't. Now it's as as time has gone on, I, I really rely a lot upon AO and and Amen. You were very um, good at that, because yeah. uh, I I do because we talked about the random white dudes running rhythmic stations. Yeah. And they don't have, yeah. they just read the chart. Yeah. And they don't have like a brain around them. Like, hey, like, and the, the other thing I'll say about you, Doc, is I always tell everybody this when they ask about you. I'm like, man, Doc is, ta- if a mixtape comes out, an album comes out, yeah. the night it's out, he'll text me, yeah. yo, what do you think about track nine? I think nine's the best one or, you know, yeah. whatever. And I don't, that's not, yeah. 
it's your job, but yeah. I just don't think a lot of program directors. That, are- that's my job, and and my guys, my team, like Ao, who's in Miami now. It'll be nine o'clock here, and I'm listening to the music, and he's in Miami. It's twelve o'clock. He's listening to the music, and Amen is in the Bay, and we're we're sending each other notes about what song we want you to play yeah. at seven o'clock at night. Like we're passionate about. What yeah, it'd be like if a Drake album gets like I think the last time a surprise Drake album dropped. Yeah, we're all on group chat. Like <laughs> yeah, which one? Yeah, which yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the what's the single? Play. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, I I like to I like to stay tapped in. Um, man, that's a, that's a good question. Like, it, I've been in, I've been doing it so long. Like, usually when I hear the hits, I hear the hits. Um, not too many that I've I've missed. Um, I feel like nowadays I feel like there's more and more songs that I'll hear, and I'll be like. Because I, I, you know, TikTok is such a weird yeah. tool. Yeah. And you know, nowadays we have a lot of songs. Like, like there's songs throughout the years that just had, recently where there's just been no hook. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, yeah, where's the hook? It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah, those are hard records to uh, to, to, to test. pinpoint. Yeah. But but you did say something earlier when you mentioned um, you mentioned Fetty Wap. I remember having some conversations with Lior around that time because we're a format like any other brand like you need stars mm-hmm. like in you and and I thought he was a star he was a star and I he thought was. the first album was amazing 2014 and, 2015 when he went on tour with Chris Brown you oh, as many people showed up to see him the album was crazy and then as they started moving on to the next project I honestly thought that there were still better songs on the first project I remember um, you know, getting a record and listening to it and Lior and I got into kind of a, a, a heated discussion was that the song it. with no hook yeah, I think it was about school or something like that. No, there was a song that you and I listened to in the office, and there was no hook. It was yeah. like he was trying to do a dreams and nightmares thing. It was, it was something different. Yeah, and I remember Leo like, you know, you got to give an artist, a, a, you know, a chance to grow. And I'm like, yeah, but it's got to be a hit. Yeah, and like he needs a hit. Like we, I need him. I need, I need him because he was the face of our format in some respects for that year. And now you look up, and it's 2023, and it's it's now he's about to go get locked. He's up. gone, you know, yeah. and, and it's. Just like the NBA, you gotta have a face. You have to have faces. Right now, you know, it's 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 Drake. It's um, you know, the weekend. It's it's Kendrick. It's Rihanna. Um, Cardi. Cardi. Um, yeah. You want you want. We need more faces. Like we can't look up five years from now and it's still those guys. You know, we gotta have some more faces. Just like the NBA needs new faces when LeBron and Steph go away. I mean, it's important. So you have a great relationship with uh, the guys at uh, XO and the Weekend. Yeah. What is it like hanging out with somebody who is so, you know, to the fans, kind of mysterious and not out there? Like the Weekend is somebody who, yeah. if you're around them, he's just a normal guy. But like, yeah. he's definitely not that. If you just consume his content, he's a very mysterious guy, and I think he's probably going to get out of that soon with the show coming out and all that. Yeah. But he's a really nice dude, man. Yeah. Like just really impressed with his character as i am with j cole like cole's the best character man like as famous as they are you kind of like watch them from a from afar and you're like you know that's a good dude man you know um gives people their attention you can only imagine that he's getting pulled in several directions i've seen abel at you know family functions you know with the exo team like wow he's here and he's engaged. It's not. I mean, I mean, engaged in terms of he's engaging in conversation. He's not on his phone, right? You know, saying I'll look up and he's playing with my son. And right. I mean, 
that to me is what really sets them apart. Like they're just good human beings, man. I enjoy being in their company. A hundred percent. The one thing I want to kind of break down is the science on why the number one complaint I've been getting from listeners and you've been getting from listeners your whole, com- your whole career. Mm-hmm. Why is it every time I hear the fucking radio, it's the same fucking 10 songs. <laughs> now there is a science to this. But yeah. that's that, I'm sure that that's been the feedback for however many years. You guys play the same shit. You guys play the same shit. Yeah. Break down from Doc Winter the science of why a radio playlist is very tight and why you might hear five or six songs over and over again if you listen all day driving an Uber or something. I like to use the analogy of a nightclub. Um, our job is to retain listeners, right? Let's say if you were at a nightclub and the DJ decided he wanted to go off on a rant and play you know, 30 minutes of... Frank Sinatra or whatever. Clear the um, dance floor. Clear the dance floor. They'd probably stay and wait until he got came back to his senses. doesn't happen in radio. They go find the other. They go. They may not come back. I've, I've actually been in a car, and, and, and not in the case of, uh, of, of playing bad music, but a very long commercial break, and saw this Uber driver listening to us you know, go to the competition Obviously, he was preferred us come back. We were still playing commercials, and I could see his anger. Like, oh, damn, damn. <laughs> I'm gonna go back there instead because, you know, and what retains them is a record that they like that they can sing, not necessarily something they've never heard. You know, right. You know. I think so. I always tell people it's like the average radio listeners how how many minutes a day. Might be 10, 15 minutes. So if you think about it in that, through that lens, we have, uh, we talked about PPM. The meters are like, people get paid to wear these little pagers Mm -hmm. and it tracks their real time listening. So it's like, you're hoping to play something to keep somebody around in that 10 minute window that they happen to listen. So the research and data on how you come up with what the five powers are, Mm -hmm. what all goes into that? Probably the most important thing is um, who you're going to ask, you know, do you like this record? You know, who's your screen is what they call, you know, it might be 18 to 34 year old women. It could be 18 to 34 year old men. It could be 18 to 34 year old black women, 18 to 34 year old Latino women. And as a programmer, you got to know what you're talking You got to know what moves the needle in your market. For your demo. Um, you know, 18 to 34 Latino females who listen to radio three hours. It's, you can get that granular with it. Um, and then you begin to understand, you know, what moves the needle from for them. The more you listen to, um, the more you do research and the more you ask the right questions, you get a sense of, okay, like this is what um, moves the needle for them. And then you, you give people what they want to keep coming back. You ever go to a restaurant and all of a sudden they tell you, oh, we stopped making your yes. favorite meal? Yes, I just had, just you happened to me. Stop making my favorite meal. Why? Yeah, we got bored with it. it like, just oh, happened. Come on, man. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's the science. And again, I, I, it can be frustrating for people, but, you know. Again, and there's a bunch of factors, right? You'll have like call out, which is where you're pretty much kind of, is that a, that, how would you describe call out for a radio yeah, station? You, you, call out to people that fit the screen and you play hooks of songs you ask what do you think of this song what do you think of this song yeah you'll see streaming data for the market yeah you check shazam so uh and then there's also the m scores which is is that something you guys you obviously m scores is like 
I look at it, but you know, somebody could have turned a song off. You don't really know what the reason is, and that's what the switching score is. Someone turned off the song, or a number of people turned off the song while it was playing. Um, and sometimes you can look at the song and say, okay, you see other factors that contribute to, you know, it might be the wrong time of day you play the song. You might just be tired of it. Right. Uh, rest it and then test it again is what we like to say. But Where do you see, uh, not only just radio, <laughs> obviously radio, but just music going in the next five years or so, Doc? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's forever evolving. Everything is changing. We've been talking about this R&B thing uh, for the last two or three years. It's coming back. Uh, it's coming back. I know we're we're getting a lot of um, R and B records that are that our audience is really enjoying mm-hmm. here in L A. Um, there's Latin trap that I think is making it has been around for a number of years that it's making a compelling case to be a part of our arsenal on the radio. Um, man, we're just we're looking for hits, man. I mean, you talk to a lot of people right now; they think that this is amongst the worst cycles. That we've had in a long time. In terms of people making records, records, yeah, it's. I feel like most of the female artists are the ones who are providing like real records. Real yeah. Like I'm thinking, yeah. Cardi, yeah. even Coy LeRae, Glow yeah. Real. It's like, yo, yeah. like, you know, I don't know what it is about that either. Because like, I think times are different. When you think about curating artists back in the '90s, it was pre-streaming, and so if you decided to take this leap of faith and someone thought that you were you know you had the talent you went for it you know because going for it means that you were going to sell a lot of records you were going to go on tour mm-hmm. and you're going to make a lot of money now here's the streaming thing right just keep throwing shots you just out. keep throwing shots out and you can make a lot of money and yeah what's my what's my incentive to make a what's an, my incentive an to be great what's yeah. my incentive to be great when i can take care of my family because i'm making money you know putting out a lot of music Unfortunately, you've obviously had to fire a lot of people in your career. I've had to part ways with people. I like to put it that way. What is the craziest reason you've had to part ways with an employee without saying who they are, obviously? Wow. (laughs) I've had a couple of uh, hygiene issues. Um, Really? Yeah. So someone stank. They were, they, they smelled bad. Yeah. Um, What's that conversation like? It's, uh, <laughs> like, hey, look, you're. you're <laughs> no, I think I think that brother was just in. Um, and I have to think about it. That, that, that brother, at that time, he was just. I think he got in a divorce, and um, he was just having a rough time. He's, yeah, he got in divorce, and he was living in a hotel, and you know, but it was it was making the the working experience unbearable because yeah. he he didn't uh, he wasn't showering. Man, who else? Um, damn, fat. I've had some. I've had so many crazy experiences that just beyond. Um, and, and one of the craziest was um, I'm in Jacksonville, and a buddy of mine uh, had a friend that listened to the radio station, and he, she wanted to meet with me about uh, some type of charity event that the radio station was going to support. And at the time, I was doing afternoons in Jacksonville, Slow Jam Show in St. Louis, and I was overseeing whatever urbans we had at the time. I think it might have been five or right. six before I got to the 80 that I do now, but it was like five or so. 
And I remember her coming in my office. I'm in the office and I'm kind of like not really paying attention. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Why don't you leave something with my assistant? Da, 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 da. And then um, she says, okay. And one other thing, and she gets up and she locks my door and she starts to disrobe. And I just remember saying, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> and my face and my eyes lock with her eyes and she, lo- and she realized that, and then she just started crying. Ooh. And so I, I, you know, I sat her down in my chair, and I was like, "Yo, like, 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 what are you doing? Like, was this like your plan? Like, this was your, this was your. Do you thought this? Did you think this through at all? Like, I just, you know, and I was like, "Yo, I'm flattered, but like, it's this is not going down like this, man. And I feel bad that you feel like you want to sit here and compose yourself because right now I'm starting to think like, okay, so what could happen right now? Yeah, I've you're got crying, a crying now. woman in my office, right. you know, and so." I went and got my assistant, you know, gave her some tissue, told her to sit here for a while. And, you know, when you're ready to go, go. I, I got to go do my show. But, you know, like. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of nutty. <laughs> Have you ever had someone in your Jacksonville days fly to Jacksonville to see you face to face to be like, yo, what the fuck? I, why is this song not getting played? I feel like, I, listen, I don't want to keep saying Diddy. I feel like Diddy's the kind of guy who might like just show up to the office one day. I could be wrong. No, no, uh, he's he's not he's not that kind of guy. Like, he's not. Like, I mean, he'll he'll text me about a record, right? But you know, again, I I think I don't really, I don't emote that, so I don't really get that back. That's good. Yeah, I'm not gonna say something crazy to Diddy. He's not gonna say something crazy to me. And every once in a while, when I when I do get that kind of response, I'm I'm not that guy. I'm just like, okay, cool, I'm I'm out. You, know? you um. We did Real Street Fest in 2019 or 18? What year did we do uh, Real Street Fest? It's we did it in 19. 19. Yeah. Pandemic was in 20. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great, great time. I know we always talk about you and I, like, the radio show's kind of dying. Like, obviously, iHeart has the Jingle Ball tour. They have all these things that are very, like, top 40 friendly. Even their, uh, you know, um, shout out to the iHeart Festival that we do in Vegas yeah. every year. Um do you, are you do you can you foresee or I know it's something that you want to do but an urban hip hop version nationally of some sort of show or festival I mean I hope so I've thought about it for years but you know every year something some dynamic changes right you know went from the radio show to us realizing we need to do festivals and we put together this great event it was amazing and then the pandemic then happened. A, and a pandemic kicks in and then you know now we are in the middle of a financial crisis and you know it's hard for you to go to your company and say hey give me these millions of dollars to throw an event to throw in an event that may not make the money back and so you um instead you 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 know you start partnerships with people who do that for a living and say hey you know, how can we do this together? How can we do this together? How, give me a bunch of tickets to give away. And that's yeah. you know, kind of what happened with Dre in the Super Bowl, Dr. Dre. Which was um, crazy. You know, big, he and Big have a great relationship. Gave us tickets to sit in his suite in the Super Bowl for us to give away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then we, obviously the Drake tours come in. The Drake tour. Remember uh, some of these mega festivals? Yeah, the Kanye and Drake show that we gave away um, right before, yeah. right before yeah, the yeah. pandemic. Um, Did you go to that? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I was in a. Uh, DR with my wife for our anniversary. Yeah. Watched it on Amazon. Yeah. It, was it, was, <laughs> it was nutty. Yeah. It was legendary. It was, uh, yeah. Do you see yourself ever leaving radio? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for 34 years. Is my anniversary in January. 
So at some point. Because I could see at some point, you know, Apple coming and being like, hey, Doc. I mean, I, I, get, I get approached to be on boards right now, um, which are of interest to me. I wow. Because you get an opportunity to play in a different pond that you don't normally play with, but also, you know, use the relationships you've established over years to, you know, to, to make some headway. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I try to stay in shape and, and I, and I yeah, love you what are, I do. Yeah, you are the definition of black don't crack. <laughs> I try to stay in shape and, and uh, I, got a, I got a young son who's... Yeah, he's young and he's hooping. He's a hockey player. Dude. Oh, he's playing hockey. Yeah, he's a black hockey player. Hey, yeah. there's a few of those. And he's four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I want to spend more time with him. Yeah, you, were, um, you called and yelled at us while your wife was in labor. Oh, man, that was the craziest thing ever. I don't know why... <laughs> Why I answered the phone. There was but a, you guys kept calling. We did the celebrity smash thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'd be damned if we let this shit fly over these airways before we get the green light with Doc Winter. So I'm, I'm in the hospital holding one of my wife's legs as my son is coming out. And the nurse is holding the other leg. And he, he's got, you know, my phone. I'm just like, yo, why did, I'm, I'm, it's got to be an emergency why you guys keep calling. So I answered the phone and the nurse looks at me like are you fucking kidding me right now and your wife's <laughs> screaming in the background yes and me and head for sure assumed you guys were having sex at the time <laughs> so i was like yo doctors answered the phone while he's piping his lady and then we realized oh they were there was a baby being yeah, my, my son's my son's crown was out at the time you guys are calling i was like my wife's like yo you answer the phone while my son is coming out of me i was like yo it's important <laughs> Um, before you go, what are your top five favorite albums of all time? Off the top of your head, without thinking about top it. Top so five favorite albums um, in music. In, in music. You, I'll, I'll give you the, you don't have to say hip hop. Um, definitely um, Lauren, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Okay. It was groundbreaking. Uh, Keith Sweat's first album, Make It Last Forever. Okay. Um, Notorious B.I.G. Which one? Ready to um, die or life ready, after death? Ready to die. Okay. Um, damn, I actually posted these one time on my um, on my Instagram. Uh, damn, who was the other one? Who was the album? And when I talk about an album, I mean I'm just playing every track on the of album course. because it's that good. And I've been around for a long time, so um, it, it's hard to knock down five. Um, I do remember. Uh, um, Jay's first album. Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt was... Incredible. Incredible. I remember Tiffany Green saying, there's this guy from New York, he's going to be the greatest rapper ever. And I was like... Really? It's a, a big thing to say. No, she's like, no, he's a guy. And um, like, she was right. She was right. You know? um, and... Uh, I don't know, man. Anything more recently that you just can can remember just liking? Like, yo, this is just a body of work that... I would be remiss if I didn't say I just think that Drake is remarkable, man. Just And it's it's an interesting conversation because, you know, we're about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Yep. I happened to be around New York City at the time when it was bubbling up. Uh, in most instances, New Yorkers claim, you know, we claimed everything, the best basketball right, right, best. right but you could claim hip-hop and it'd you be factual claim hip-hop and factual i remember playing ball and thinking that we were the only guys that could do it and coming to vegas and playing in a um in a 
in a tournament. Yeah, like pizza, basketball, those are all debatable. <laughs> yeah. Hip hop, there's no debate. <laughs> you know, playing against Byron Scott and like, yo, I, we went back home, like, yo, these dudes from LA can play ball, you yeah. know. Um, but so the purist will definitely find it difficult to accept the fact that a dude from from Canada might be the goat. The goat. Yeah. Um, but when you think about body of work, as long as I've been in this business, to have a body of work from a radio perspective where we research music. Yeah, for, from our perspective, from the radio side, there's nobody who's ever been close. It's it's the most insane thing that you've ever seen. Like, He's look, the most prolific hit maker we've ever seen. It's literally, if, when you sort the list by artist, it's just literally his songs and his name. And then the score on the right is is through the roof. And you're just like, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. Who's the, Who's second? in that list because if you were to pull up like titles in the library who would be the second person is it like wayne is it t pain is it, i mean i don't know you know like man there's not a lot of people that have like, nobody has the drake list you might you might maybe maybe wayne that's a good it's a really good question maybe it's wayne but it's not only that the list is long it's just that the, the quality, the it's research, the quality, yeah. it's the research yeah. like you could you could you he might be able to do a show with these 20 songs this night and oh. another 20 songs another night. He could night, do a show with all the features. And another, yeah, like, and who could do that? You know, like, I'll give you that. Nobody could do that. But, but again, I, I, re- I honestly remember when I put Real On in L.A., there's an artist who, again, I, I won't name, but he told me, like, you know, they, don't, they don't like his music here. And I, and I was just like, huh? <laughs> He's like, no, nah, like, it's West Coast. We don't like that. I'm like... Dude, like you're really wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not a place where people don't like Drake's music. Yeah, yeah. Like this guy can sell out, uh, you know, crypto for four or five nights. Like they it's, like him. Yeah. yeah so. For you coming to L.A., be, I was on the radio when Damn dropped, and there was just that moment when Kendrick dropped Damn. Those songs would not go away. Yeah. Like love and obviously hump, but there was just songs that were in power rotation for like two years. Yeah, that was, it, a, that was a great album. It was just wild to like. I just remember being like, "Fuck, man!" Like I love this album, but yeah. I fucking hate it because all I do is play these fucking songs all day. I, I love the fact because that it was at a time when you just put a station on in L.A. and it was a guy from L.A., mm-hmm. a brother at that, you know, who had a management team around him that were brothers, and so. I mean, it was just perfect timing for us. A lot of a lot of things like that fell into our lap. You remember our first show in LA? We did real show 2015. Uh, we had Kendrick was the headliner. We had Future. Uh, he and Drake had just done a show, and we get a call Sunday morning. You know, he's Drake came up. out. Right, he's yeah. pulling up. I wasn't there and, yet, uh, but that, I remember seeing it. Never seen, never felt anything like that in an arena in my life when. He stepped out on that stage. I actually have a picture in my office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. The craziest momentum I've ever seen, and I was like, "Man, like we gonna be here." I even think to like, I think the first real show I might have been a part of was J Cole headlining, and Cardi B was. Yeah, yeah. Was on the show, but mm-hmm. this was pri- This was like, I mean, Cardi had 
records, but it wasn't like yeah, first album way way early. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if the first album was out very long. No, it hadn't been out long. No, I'm yeah. Not saying that she only had one album, right? So, yeah, but, but I I remember early. being in the dressing room and like uh, seeing them two talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was giving her some. Yeah, some, I seen a couple of those. If you remember Real Street Fest, um, um, what you call it was on our show, uh, Doja. Yeah, I interviewed her. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. it's crazy. I always tell the homies at RCA, I'm like, you guys fucking job so easy. If you work at Republic RCA, good fucking luck. You don't have to work your records much. Hey, I have a new Drake song. (laughs) It's added. I have a new Weekend song. It's added. Hey, man, when we added Doja to that show, let's say our show was in August, and we added her like maybe in May. She she was not. She was not the same person. Uh, By the time we did The Tiger remix wasn't out yet? By the time, by the next year... Yeah, like, it's gone. It went from who is this person to mm-hmm. yeah, man. Those those are the stories that that I, that I love because you got to think that radio has something to do with that. Oh, 100 percent, one hundred percent. Well, look, Doc, I appreciate you. Um, you guys can go follow Doc if you want to follow him. He does not. You're not like a big social media guy. No, really, Doc Winter. <laughs> Doc Winters. <laughs> um, anything uh, else on the way? Signing on more radio stations. Obviously, you know, you, you it, it, I, I know that iHeart's kind of going through the financial shit right now, but like you've weathered a million storms in that in that sense. But like anything coming that you're excited about, or you just um, cultivating our living black um, this year that'll be in August. Okay, um, and basically paying homage to uh, hip hop's 50th anniversary. Like, dude, I was the, I was back there in the 70s. Like, right? You couldn't tell me as amazing as it was that, that it would be here be celebrating this thing 50, 50 years, years later, later and it would mean what it meant to our community it gave right. people like gave brothers there are brothers that are millionaires a number of them from it, it it's it's amazing did and you ever have any big year tupac moments tupac interviewed tupac um in la uh after um Jason's lyric is or poetic justice. Poetic justice with for the poetic Jane, justice yeah. movie was um, he clearly had been out the night before, <laughs> still smelled like alcohol, um, but he was so well spoken. And then uh, after the interview, I remember I was flying back to St. Louis, and my lady, who was my first wife, was sitting in the lobby reading a book, and he saw her, and he took off running towards her. And his boy like tackled him and pulled him to the side, and he started laughing. And she was oblivious to it. I always remember, like, damn, what would happen if he had gotten to her? Like, it was going to be a problem. <laughs> she might have been your former wife a lot earlier. <laughs> could have been, could have been, could have been. But no, nah, man. So uh, thank you for doing this. Of course, Doc. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Hey, we got to wrap up an interview brought to you by Hardeen Las Vegas. Appreciate y'all watching. Hey, don't forget, when you go to Vegas, you got to go to Hardeen, man. It's the craziest dispensary you'll ever walk into. It smells like fucking heaven in there, all right? Get in that Uber. When you hit Sin City, tell them, take me to Hardeen. They're going to take you. You're going to get a wild selection of the just top, top of the line cannabis, the best selection you'll go uh, uh, be able to see in the U.S. Plus, on top of that, they got the crazy gear. They got the clothes. They got the bikinis. They got a wonderful selection of bud tenders that are very good at their job man they'll take care of you tell them that bootleg kev sent you the bud tenders of hardine they'll know what that means they're gonna get you hooked up right all right go follow them online hardine underscore las vegas or just go check out their website too man hardinelasvegas.com and when you're in vegas pull up to hardine or you're playing yourself for real 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.